0: Hey everyone, my name is Jake, and welcome to the other side of the table. Listen in to hear a different side speak. today we're going to be talking about the importance of a third party why it's necessary and why um basically just why it's necessary um if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and your position on uh on third parties
1: okay uh, my name is jacob smith i am uh well currently advocating for third parties partly because i'm part of one of the third parties um i believe that it's important because, well, going back to founding of our country with George Washington, like he pointed out himself, that two parties is not sufficient, is not going to be able to, um, well, in the end, is going to lead to problems. And that's what we've seen a lot. Um, Just like in the economy, um, two businesses is pretty close to a monopoly um and is able to manipulate the consumer a lot more the consumer has less voice there's too much it concentrates too much power in the parties themselves but the more parties the more competition of ideas the more fair everything will be and the more politicians will actually have to listen to their constituents listen to the people that they're supposed to be representing and that's where I'm coming from as someone who doesn't feel represented and wants a third party and more parties to be involved in America's political uh, landscape so that we can have better representation of our ideas so that there can be, so that it's necessary to talk across the aisle instead of the current state where um, cooperation and working across the aisle is Crowned upon where everything's becoming more and more divisive. Um, so that's just my basic opinion. Um, any specific questions you'd like to ask?
0: Yeah, so there's there's kind of two sides of, or I would say like um, two different ways to get involved in a third party. There's supporting a third party and then voting third party. I feel like most people are pretty um, willing to support third parties, right. Look into Mm -hmm. the candidates and learn more. And a lot of people are actually, um, it's a growing trend that more people are registering as independent. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you think about it and then you're like, but why are there still not many third party candidates being elected is because supporting Mm -hmm. third party candidates and voting third party are two separate things. And so I I primarily want to focus on voting third party because I feel like that's where a lot of people get tripped up. Because, I mean, we see today we have two very different candidates that have very different views on what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, you just have to look at the tax plans of both of them. Trump wants to continue to cut taxes. Biden wants to increase them almost twofold. And so- a lot of people are concerned that if they don't vote for one or the other their political opinion won't be heard even if it was the third party candidate that would have supported them the most i'm kind of curious what would you say to those people that um feel like voting third party is throwing away a vote
1: Uh, Well, first off, in local and uh, smaller elections uh, across the US, third parties actually do have um, a lot of support. It's just not what, it's not as broadcasted as widely in the media. Um, Just Mm -hmm. the Libertarian Party alone has 200 something odd um, representatives um, uh, in state and local government across the US. Um, mm-hmm. And in almost every uh, every state, except for, I think, like Alaska, Nevada, maybe one other. Um, so when people say something I've heard a lot is, oh, vote for local elections first, like build up from there. Well, we are doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the larger presidential and other elections, um, unfortunately, I mean, if you're saying I have to choose the lesser of two evils, the one that I identify the most with, well, especially on these larger levels, your voice is already very, very small. Mm -hmm. There's very little chance that you're going to be affecting the election anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way democracy is supposed to work anyways is that everyone votes according to what they believe is right, and everyone coming together, the majority is going to show where everyone stands Mm -hmm. and so by choosing the lesser of two evils you're hampering democracy it's no longer a fair choice between what you believe and what the other person believes you're having to both compromise your value and no one's actually getting what they want and instead you just get the institution the the two-party system that we have where the two parties are largely abandoning parts of their voters and just saying, you have to deal with it, because we're not going to give you a better option Mm -hmm. Um, for, I think like, you're asking specifically the people who are saying like, oh, it's a wasted vote. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of us who are living in non swing states, I mean, me voting in California. My vote as is for anything other, other than a Democrat isn't really going to um, change the outcome of the election. Mm-hmm. But supporting third parties in the popular vote does have a big impact because the more votes they can have, not only does that send a signal, send a message to the establishment that we want change. Mm-hmm. But also when candidates are able to reach a 5% of the popular vote threshold, their party for the next election gains federal funding. Mm -hmm. Which means if my party can get 5% of the popular vote, next election we're going to stand on even ground with all the other, well, with the two other major parties. Mm -hmm. And so it's small steps, but if we don't take the steps, we're never going to get there. Mm -hmm. So yes, there's a little bit of compromise that you have to make. There's a little bit of risk to it, but in the end, what we're doing, well, we're never going to achieve the change if we always back down from it. Every Mm -hmm. election, they're gonna say that it's too risky, that too much is at stake to vote third party. That's Mm -hmm. what they've been saying for generations now. That's Mm -hmm. how it's been. So, when's the time? When can we accept third parties? Well, essentially, whenever we decide that that's what we want to stand up for, and when we don't believe that the current parties are representing our views, and when we feel that our voice is not being heard, which is Mm -hmm. non democratic. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I feel like, especially with the presidential candidate, I feel like people don't understand the. the constitution very clearly. Um, People think Uh that when they vote for president, they basically elect a leader that is going to solve all their problems, which is not entirely true. I mean, if your problem is taxes, then yeah, they they pretty much will solve your problems. But if your problem is social justice, if it's, um, what is it, like COVID response, a lot of that comes down to local government. It comes down to the legislature um, just because that's the way our system was designed. Um, the United States government wasn't designed to um, basically rest in the hands of one person. It was designed uh-huh. to rest in the hands of many people. Um, and I totally agree with you that um, voting third party in um, non swing states like California, Um, Utah New York it's not it's not terrible it's not even it's not a bad thing at all it actually shows your voice of who you actually want to rule well not rule I'd say lead the country um, and kind of show where people's opinions are and correct me if you're wrong I think the main third parties are the Green Party the Libertarian Party and is there another one
1: Um, there's a few other, but, uh, in this election, the only three that have enough ballot access to win the election will be Democrat, Republican, Libertarian. Close up there is the Green Party. They were, um, not, uh, essentially deadlines and stupid rules that the Democrats and Republicans don't even have to follow. Stop Mm -hmm. the Green Party from being able to um be on the ballot in several important states so mm. they're in most states not all um and that's one of the things that shows how rigged the system is that mm. a presidential candidate can't even be have a chance of winning unless they meet a certain amount of get on the ballot in a certain amount of states and that is mm-hmm. largely dependent on very very unfair rules that Mm -hmm. favor the two parties that for the most part don't even have to um, do any work to get their candidate on ballots. Mm -hmm. Most ballots essentially just accept whatever the DNC or RNC um, nominations are. Mm -hmm. But third parties, we actually have to fight and we have to show that we have enough support in the state and we have to show this and that and the other so that they'll actually consider us to begin with. But yes, the Mm -hmm. Uh, main two uh, third parties would be libertarian green and then there's a lot of others like uh, bull moose uh, which i think is a progressive i'm uh, not entirely sure um, and there's a lot of different smaller parties that will be in a handful of states mm-hmm. um, but it's I mean, it shows how hard it is for them to get their voices out, Um, Mm -hmm. the fact that we haven't heard of most of them. And the Mm -hmm. Libertarian Party has been around for a long time, and we're finally, we're we're gaining traction uh, Mm -hmm. with Gary Johnson last election and with Joe Jorgensen this election, but it's it's still difficult. We don't get the media coverage. We don't get the support. We don't, we're not allowed into the debates. So yes, the system very much is rigged in favor of the Democrats and the Republicans while keeping the rest of us out. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I've definitely noticed that, that um, third parties are kind of left by the wayside. And I think the main reason Uh for that is, um, I talked about this, I actually did um, another episode on the bipartisan system and the flaws of it, kind of as a general idea um and we talked about uh jerry meandering is that the term the way um uh, so, yeah yeah the way the house of representatives um basically zone the um the states that they uh, represent and it kind of it mm-hmm. the way they do it it kind of weeds out the um the the third party so that when it comes to the bigger offices like Senate representatives and president, not many people are, they're yeah. kind of split between the Republicans and Democrats instead of actually aligning with the party they want. Yeah, I'm kind of curious because I feel like the main reason why we have a two-party system is because people always disagree with other people. Like we're never going to completely agree on stuff, And so we've kind of separated into groups. And then as we separate into groups, uh, we realize, oh, we actually have pretty similar views to these groups, except for a few disagreements, but I'm okay. I can tolerate these ideas, but I can't tolerate these ideas. And then the smaller groups slowly morph into the two main groups and like there are like you just look at the republican party and the democrat party you have like the far left you have the far right and then you have the liberals conservatives and you have just the republicans and democrats and then you have like the middle ground where you really don't know what they are but depending on the current issues they'll swing from democrat or republican and it's just kind of become the democratic party has become a collection of ideas and the republican party has just become the exact opposite of those ideas Mm -hmm. and it's kind of an easier way to distinguish people based on their views instead of having many different categories does that kind of make sense
1: yeah i mean i guess it kind of makes sense it's it's an easier i guess one could say lazier way of doing things but like it it makes yeah. sense that we would divide into two main groups mm-hmm. um but if you look at our political history it's largely been two major groups for since our founding with the mm-hmm. i think it's the um democratic republicans and or the no Wh- I think Whigs. it was the Whigs and the federalists mm-hmm. and so we've we kind of started with two parties because we had two major mm-hmm. ideologies from influential people. Um, mm-hmm. And then from there, the as one party's died out, another party has adopted their idea and kind of taken in their people. So there hasn't really been a point where we've had much of a strong third party or where we've really mm-hmm. had tons of groups. It's more we've been set two party And we've always maintained that Mm -hmm. Um, the closest we had to a third party was actually Abraham Lincoln. He was a third party candidate. Um, But the party he represented the I think current Republicans Mm -hmm. ended up taking over a lot of the ideas and taking over a lot of the voters from the group that was before them. And so as they grew in power, the other party disappeared. And then we were left with two again. Mm -hmm. um and i feel that's how it's been so maybe if we got more parties and if we had uh multiple parties that had a more even distribution of people's ideas that had a better representation of what people believe maybe we would tend back towards a two-party system Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but i don't feel we can accurately say that that would be the case because it it's never been the case for America. We've never had multiple parties and tended toward the two-party system. We've always just had two parties. Um, And there's, from what I understand, a lot of the uh, countries in Europe, they have multiple parties and are able to maintain them. And that actually helps because the parties have to uh, agree with other parties and they have to work across the aisle be able to get anything done um Mm. it forces cooperation because no one has a complete majority Mm. instead of the current state where it is now where it's democrats are trying to take over everything they can republicans are trying to take over everything they can and shut the other party out Mm. there's no cooperation like mitt romney generally isn't liked by a lot of republicans now because he is a bit more cooperative he is a bit more middle ground Mm-hmm. Um, and you look over the fights, uh, them fighting over the Supreme Court now, the fight for the presidency, mm-hmm. the fight for the House and Senate. And you see, not only that government's got a lot bigger than it was supposed to in the Constitution, but these mm-hmm. two parties allows them to fight between themselves for complete domination. It's mm-hmm. a consolidation of power, which completely defeats the point of checks and balances that were originally built into our government. And it's, it doesn't encourage cooperation, it doesn't mm-hmm. encourage people actually getting together and working to solve problems. Um, which comes back to it being pretty close to a monopoly. Mm-hmm. Their interest isn't in serving, it's in controlling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which is why without third parties if we were able to get them in i think they would last i think if more people were educated and had the chance more people would grow i mean Mm -hmm. you look at the current state of the democrats that have the traditional liberals and the uh progressives they're Mm -hmm. two ideologies that are kind of similar but actually pull apart quite a bit Mm -hmm. and you look at it you see the the tension between older Democrats and newer ones that are more um, uh, more progressive like AOC or even between Bernie Sanders and the general Democrat establishment. And you see that the progressives would be happy with their own party. They mm-hmm. don't agree enough with the Democrats to warrant them being together. And right now the two sides are pulling at each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But they, they're stuck together because if the progressive split off, it means a lot more rule of the Republicans. Mm-hmm. They're scared of Republican control. So even then, they're choosing between the lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. They're choosing to stick with people they don't necessarily agree with and people that they would like to have different policy from and people they like to separate themselves from because it's better than the alternative. So we're all stuck choosing between the lesser of two evils and the parties themselves are dissolving into a lot of infighting. There's tons of Republicans that don't want Trump. Mm -hmm. And then they flip and they vote for Joe Biden because they feel that even though they don't agree with anything Joe Biden's doing, he's not Trump. And so you have all this and it's, it moves us farther and farther away from solutions farther and farther away from fixing the problems Mm -hmm. so um i think that more or less answered your uh what you're saying um Mm -hmm. i think i went off on a bit of a tangent but
0: (laughs) that's okay this the the podcast is primarily directed about your opinions and your views on the issues um i'm just here to listen learn, and poke and prod pretty much. <laughs> and it, it was interesting. One of the things that you brought up was Abraham Lincoln and um, that whole election. Because another fear mm-hmm. of creating more parties to, and like, um, I would say, increasing the support of third parties is when a president is elected, there isn't a majority. It's more of a minority, mm-hmm. which is the bigger minority. And I feel like that's why we often split into the two political parties is because it's easier to make a decision between one and the other than one, the other, the other, the other, the other. And let's say, like we take, for example, the election of Abraham Lincoln. Um, the The Democratic Party had two candidates, one for the South and one for the North, but the new and upcoming Republican Party was, I would say the Republican Party Um, The party that Lincoln represented was um, for both North and South. They didn't have a candidate for the South. And so when Lincoln was elected, the South actually seceded because they felt like their opinion was not taken into account. Like Uh Lincoln won with a majority, but it was because the Democrats split their votes. And so Uh a lot of people said like, oh, if I would have known that, I would have voted for the other Democratic candidate because I feel like he would have, um, it was Jefferson Davis, right? I think so. Yeah, Jefferson, if I remember correctly, Jefferson Davis did not have an opinion on slavery. Abraham Lincoln um, from the get-go is pretty much saying it's unethical and I feel like it should be abolished and I'd be willing to work with people who want to get it removed. Um, but, But he was willing to compromise as well. He was against slavery, but he was willing to work with people. Well, Jefferson Davis had no opinion. And then the um, Southern candidate, I think he was, I'm forgetting all the names, but essentially they would have picked the other democratic candidate if they had no Lincoln would have won because they split the votes. And I feel like that's what a lot of people are worried about is um, we see it happen in history where leaders don't get the majority of votes and yet they're still elected and they do terrible things. Um, and so would that splitting of the vote be dangerous to the democracy of America? Would it be beneficial or, um, would it eventually just, or would it have any effect at all? What do you think?
1: Well, if you look at the way our country set up with its checks and balances, Mm -hmm. there shouldn't be, there should be no way in which a president is able to do terrible things without being checked by the other parties. And Mm -hmm. so unless you have a majority in the government, we have checks and balances to ensure that everyone is held in line. Mm -hmm. And a third party would prevent anyone from being able to get a full majority in house, Senate, president, court, which would help ensure that the checks and balances are actually in place. If you have people that disagree with you and you can't override everything you say and you can't be a dictator because our constitution denies it and there's other four parts of the government that are opposing you, then there's no real chance for you to be able to go greatly against the will of the people. In fact, a minority leader would have to take into account the views of the other two parties if they wanted to get anything done. They're forced mm-hmm. to cooperate because if they don't, they don't stand a chance. They're going to get blocked at every step. Um, If anything, we're seeing closer to a total control under the Democrats and the Republicans, and that's what Mm -hmm. they're fighting for. And I say that would be a lot more dangerous because that would thwart our checks and balances. And that is much more likely to allow a president or allow leaders to be able to go against the will of the people do terrible things and get away with it Mm -hmm. um i don't think a with our constitution i don't think a minority would be able to accomplish all that Mm -hmm. and if we're putting that much power in the hands of the president anyways that a minority leader would be able to do something terrible then at that point we've screwed up at that Mm -hmm. point we've departed so far from the constitution because I mean, you mentioned that the the president has control over taxes. I mean, if you look at the Constitution, the power of the purse is supposed to be with Congress. The president Mm -hmm. isn't even supposed to have that kind of power.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So while they can issue executive orders, they're mostly supposed to be enforcement Mm -hmm. and ensuring that there is an actual application of the law. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think as is, we've we've departed greatly from what powers the president should have. Mm -hmm. But even so, I think that uh, it would be very hard for a minority with the checks and balances we have to overrule the minority. And that's the brilliance in what the founders did. They Mm -hmm. understood that these issues would come up. And so they made sure that there was a government that would be able to protect people's rights. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, while I haven't looked at it specifically, I wouldn't be surprised if because of representation in the House and Senate, um, that it wasn't Lincoln alone that tipped mm-hmm. it in the favor of abolitionists, but it was mm-hmm. the fact that the representation from the states in the house, in the Senate or uh, House and all of that, along with Lincoln, tipped things in an enough in favor of the abolitionists that it scared the uh, slaveholders mm-hmm. um, because even at that point, we we were still fairly well centered on what our government was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at the House of uh, Representatives versus the Senate, there's the difference in the amount of representation states get one based off of their populace, one based off of equal representation for every state. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have all of this put in place. And I think it really was a turning point. And I think there were simply enough people that didn't like slavery. And Mm -hmm. the people that were willing to uphold slavery were were the minority and were a... They were opinionated enough about this that they were willing to cede. Mm-hmm. I don't think Lincoln necessarily represented the minority in this case, and I think mm-hmm. caused the majority to cede. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's how I how I would look mm-hmm. at it.
0: Yeah, because it's it's always a danger that um, if one side gets a majority then they snuff uh-huh. the opinion of the the, the minority. Yep. Um, and I mean, James Madison had this concern. A lot of the founding fathers had this concern, and so they tried their best to design a system where it could happen. But through time mm-hmm. and um, I'm not going to lie, corruption and mistakes. Yep. It it's kind of been changed a little bit, and so. Oh, there's something going on outside. <laughs> um. So I I wonder if. If we have strayed so far to make a third party kind of, um, because my personal opinion is that um, identifying by party is nice, but it's also a little unnecessary because, Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people do we know vote only because there's a D or an R next to the other person's name and people aren't focused on the actual issues and how to solve them. And I mean, that, that's why I started this podcast. That's why I talk about it with a lot of people about the issues and not the political party and candidates. Um, and so I wonder if we just create more open debate, will that solve the problem without um, third parties needing to, I wouldn't say needing to get support, is um would open debate and discussion solve the problem without needing to change the two-party system?
1: Um, I mean, if we got away from the point of identifying by party entirely, mm-hmm. I, I, if people were actually being smart voters, looking up uh, what the problems were, looking at the actual um propositions looking at the uh the leaders and what they they were actually standing for Mm. i think that would solve a lot of our problems and Mm. i no i don't think that a third party would be as necessary Mm. um but I don't think our current political climate and the way it is trending without a third party is going to encourage that discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we can definitely have pockets of discussion, um, but just with the campaigning I've done for my own party and the misunderstanding that's out there, like so many people that I run into are so willing to demonize people that identify as something else uh, simply because they believe wholeheartedly that they are right Mm -hmm. um it's um i don't know kind of a moral superiority they Mm -hmm. and they're not really interested in discussion um i would like to get to the point where we don't have to worry about political party and where Mm -hmm. everyone can just be independent and research everything um And I would hope that uh, the inclusion of third parties would help with that goal that by including third parties. It forces that debate and it forces that discussion and cooperation and that also when people start seeing that there's other ideas that they start looking into them like before I started looking or. Before I started really getting involved in the Libertarian Party, I didn't know that much about it and so i was kind of like borderline but i figured that this was what best represented my views and the more i've educated myself and the more i've looked at what their position actually is the more i've actually started to agree with it see the reasoning behind it Mm -hmm. um so i think I, i do think that we need to focus a lot more on actual issues Mm -hmm. and what people are actually saying instead of party affiliation. Mm -hmm. Um, But the two party system incentivizes people to vote along party line and not look very deeply at the issue Mm -hmm. because, well, all you need to know at this point is that this person's farther from your view, this person's closer doesn't matter how close you go with them because they're the lesser of -hmm. two evils. Um, I guess having a two party system kind of like you're saying, like how smaller parties would uh, dissolve into two big parties and how it's kind of the lazy way of doing it. But it makes sense that people would simplify like that. Mm -hmm. I I feel we're at a point where it's a little too simplified and people are getting a little too lazy with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And if we, I mean if third parties never take off, but if we get to a point where we can have free and open debate and people are actually discussing the issues, Mm -hmm. then I would be more than content with that. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think that including third parties would speed that along. and I hope that uh, at some point we can actually get to addressing the issues instead of fighting over which is the lesser of two evils. So,
0: yeah, I, I totally agree because I've noticed as I've talked to a lot of different people, I've found that most of them actually, while they say they're Democrat or uh, Republican, a lot of them tend to be in the middle, where I feel like a lot of the third parties reside like to at risk of overgeneralization, I feel like the Libertarian Party is a very middle ground Republican Party. (laughs) Like they have a very uh, view of smaller government, deregulated economy, lower taxes, but they're also for um, like the more progressive movements like racial justice, um, prison reform and stuff like that. Um, That's just from my own research. I don't know if I made any mistakes in that. (laughs)
1: But <laughs> I mean, I think there's definitely some bad generalization you can make about libertarians, but I think that's mm-hmm. one of the fairer and better ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the way I look at it is it's supposed to be a party that's based on a very solid principle of individual autonomy yeah. um, and respecting individual rights and everything else just stems from that but I think you summed up the views pretty well. Uh, There's some people who say we're just uh, Republicans that want to smoke pot, which (laughs) is true. some of us aren't very Republican and we don't want to smoke pot. Um, And then other people think that we're just a whole bunch of uh, uh, freak market capitalists that just want to let corporations run anything, everything, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, is one of the objections that I have that I don't think that's a... Their understanding of what a free market is. And I think mm-hmm. that's a, a lot more just tainted by um, the current understanding of free market, which is a lot closer to cronyism, which we have in the US. Yeah. And if people actually understood what a free market was and where it's implemented in the world, it, they'd be a little bit more open minded. But I don't know. There's some loaded terms that make it kind of hard to talk with people because they've got their preconceived notions mm-hmm.
0: yeah it, that's that's kind of what um what i feel like the danger of the thir- uh, the two-party system is is that it kind of creates these over generalizations i mean like you look at the media and you say you're republican and you're immediately called racist <laughs> yeah and then you look at the democratic party and then um on the other side they're like oh you're a communist and I feel like these overgeneralizations are dangerous because we discount another person's opinion, I would say uh-huh. valid opinion in a lot of circumstances, in favor yeah. of protecting our own viewpoints, which I feel like is just wrong. Like, I don't know. I feel like no one should try and dis, like, get rid of another person's opinions just because they identify with a political party. Because, I mean, like you said, a lot of people overgeneralize about what the Libertarian Party actually believes. And yep. if they actually did research and looked into it, I feel like a lot of people would actually agree with what they share. But
1: yep.
0: I, I've said this many times is that the biggest, um, the biggest hindrance to the American progression is the uneducated voter. Because if you don't look into the issues, if you don't look into the people you're voting for or the issues that you're voting for and the pros and cons, um, that's people can slip things by. Like corrupt yeah. politicians can just slide in anything they want because they know you're not going to look at it. But if we kept yep. our politicians accountable and our leaders accountable for the actions that they took, then, then we'd actually get the change we want to see.
1: <laughs> yep. And something I'll add to that, like I will, as a libertarian, I will say that not all libertarians actively educate themselves about Mm -hmm. the values and principles of being libertarian and not every, and we don't always engage with the other parties as we should. And there's a lot of people who do tend towards generalizations in my own party. And so I think that comes back to your idea of free and open debate
2: mm-hmm.
1: i mean there's not a hundred percent guarantee that even uh, having third parties is going to have as much free and open debate as what we want i do think that is a separate goal that needs to be pursued as well mm-hmm. um, because i've seen in my own party and among people that i've talked to people that are closed-minded and seek to justify what they feel is right without actually looking into the facts Mm -hmm. and people that are willing to dismiss the views of others. Um, I think it's unfortunately just a kind of human thing to do. Um, It's that divisive uh, tribal part of us. And I think it's uh, possibly one of the biggest dangers we have um, as a society And we need to do better to uh, actually think critically and engage others. Um, Mm -hmm. So just want to put that out there, that libertarians, we are not exempt from all the bitter nastiness that you'll find in the other parties. We try to be, but we still have our own problems.
0: (laughs) I mean, everyone does. Everyone fears change in one way or another uh, because... I don't know, having an opinion and getting it proved wrong so, so effectively is is difficult. It it does take some sort of humility and acceptance to admit that you're wrong, right? And I don't know if you've ever been in in any relationship with parents, with friends, with um, boyfriends, girlfriends, spouses, it's so difficult to admit you're wrong. (laughs) It's so difficult to admit that another person is right. Um, especially when you believed wholeheartedly your opinion. And so I feel like um, it's like the vulnerability of being wrong is what discourages us mm-hmm. from being open in debate. But I feel like with starting with the younger generation, like you and I, I mean, we're in college, we are technically still young. Um, being willing to openly express our views and to discuss them with other people, I feel like that is a good start on creating that era of, that um, atmosphere of open debate. And honestly, I feel like it wouldn't, it would be a good thing to have a third party up on the stage next to the Republicans and Democrats, because um, I feel like it would be a lot easier to call each each other out on their bull crap and um, kind of keep each other accountable to telling the truth, honestly. But Uh I, I do feel like it would be good for, other people to know that there are other opinions, not just one or the other. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't want to take up too much of your time. It's, it's, um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I, I just want to ask, do you have any final statements? Do you have any other ideas that you want to
1: share? Um, I think more than anything, we need to be, um, open-minded, be willing to talk to other people respectfully, um, assuming the best and willing to talk clearly. And I think one of the best ways to get better at expressing our views is by engaging in debate, by talking to people. Mm -hmm. Um, I found that I've become more articulate the more that I actually go out and talk with other people. Mm -hmm. And no one should feel discouraged. Yes, there's people who are going to call you horrible names. Um, I mean, as... As someone who has actively supported the LGBTQ community, who has supported uh, black lives, who has um, been very supportive of people with disabilities, I've been called homophobic, I've been called racist, I've been called all of that, simply because people saw my views as different and they did not want to look into what I actually believe, Mm -hmm. but rather chose to generalize me. And it's sad for them, uh, because I would very much like to be their friends and actually get along with them and be able to talk with them. But so anyone who's listening, don't get discouraged. Um, people will say things that uh, and make generalizations, and you just need to kind of distance yourself from the mob, think critically, love everyone around you, and look for the best in them as you're debating. So you don't jump to generalizations, and so you don't start. Uh, thinking that there's something they're not, and that you're right when you could be wrong. So and I, I think like, if people that, that... stick to those general rules when uh, talking to others, that things will go a lot better, and that we'll, we'll have more of this free and open debate, and we'll be able to have more views represented, and we'll be able to get out of the destructive political situation that we're in. hmm
0: I I totally agree. I really like it because every word you said really highlights the ideal of individual autonomy. I I really like it. Um, Thank you so much. That was a great closing statement.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a good day.
0: Yeah, you as well. Thank you so much. thanks for listening to another episode of the other side of the table feel free to leave a comment a review and by all means if you are interested in ever talking about any of the current issues reach out to me at other side of the table pc at gmail.com we'll be happy to find a time to meet and invite your friends